0: Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Today, we are talking about the Billy Joel iconic song. I'm joking, of course, Ain't No Crime. It is the third track on Piano Man, which is Billy Joel's second studio album. Piano Man was released on November 9th, 1973. Is considered his breakthrough album, not breakout album, which we all know what that is. Ain't No Crime was released as a B-side only to Travel in Prayer in or about February of 1974. The ranking in our favorite selection of Christopher Benado's The twenty. 15 vulture article out of 121 songs elon is i'm gonna guess 68 you're way off again damn
0: it oh he hates it doesn't he he hates it oh man i i went through a period where i hated it too but then i liked it again so i i guessed too high okay uh second guess
1: 101 he didn't hate it that much it's 82 oh man but I finally found this Newsday article from 2017. Newsday, the most important of all articles because it's Long Island. And they worship Billy and they give him all the props. So out of 124 songs for some reason, I'm not sure what extra, what three extra they're counting yet, but it is 100 out of 124. So people don't like it.
0: I don't think it's that people don't like it. It's just unknown and forgotten and not thought about enough.
1: And quite frankly, Elon... Okay, so I love doing the show, what we're doing, and the way we're going through it. You like Billy Joel, maybe you might know some of the lesser songs than I do. I certainly know the hits, and I know the albums. Not so much the earlier ones, as much as you know, Stranger On. But when I, you know, really enjoying the process of what we're doing, going to A to Z and finding these songs, and this is the first one we've done in our A to Z selection that's uh, prior to The Stranger, you know, being on Piano Man, I loved this song and I have definitely heard it before, I guess, you know, again, here we are with Billy Joel and I, you know, when I'm out at a, a bar or something and I hear a song and then I say, oh my God, I, I, what is this song? And then I say, I've heard this song before, but this was one of those songs again, where I didn't know what it was when I heard the title. And then when I was listening to it, I'm like, oh, my God, I've heard this a hundred times at a bar, you know, like not at my house, but out. And I've always wondered, did Billy Joel write a Broadway song? Because it sounds there's a part where it gets (laughs) kind of Broadway. But I loved it. I really enjoy it. I am surprised it's not a little bit more popular, quite frankly.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's a fun song. It's a historic song, actually, for Billy. It's, it's his first song that was about him being drunk and hungover and pissing off his wife, which is one of his hallmarks throughout his career. But this was the very first one that really highlighted that maybe this guy has a drinking problem, number one. And number two, it's also historic because it's the only song that he has with terrible grammar in the title. <laughs> well, Ain't no crime. It should be isn't any crime, Billy.
1: <laughs> Good point. And, you know, I also like the song, the fact that it's on an album called Piano Man, and there's lots of piano in it. It is really old school. But, you know, he does these things. The reason I suppose the reason why you and I like him and, and other people like him is because he'll take a song like this, something I probably wouldn't normally like. You know, he says it's based off a Leon Russell song. I don't know who that is. And this is a song I just normally wouldn't like. But then he always adds in this thing which actually comes on the chorus Uh, When he says, ain't no crime, this this bass line comes in. And then I'm like, oh, my God, it's so catchy. This guy always adds an element, even, you know, something like the Innocent Man album, which is songs, doo-wop songs, you know, which I'm like not interested. And he, he always finds a way to make all the songs that I don't like interesting. He finds some sort of twist. Or or chord progression or bass line like you know, we find in here that, that just makes it so like, wow, this is working for me.
0: Yeah, and for me, that thing that I really like about the song is the instrumental break. I think the saxophone solo is great. I love how the electric guitar plays off of it. They have a good interplay going. The thing I don't like about, I usually do not like songs that have gospel choirs in them. Like a rock song that just adds gospel to it. To me, it's like pandering and it's cheesy. And this song has that, but I don't mind it so much because the the positives outweigh the cons of that. I love that the subject matter, even though it's like a gospel song, the subject matter has nothing to do with religion at all. It's like anti-religion. It's just like a drunk guy who's just like, leave me alone. It's kind of like how Christian rock ruins rock music because it puts Jesus (laughs) into it. This does the opposite. It takes gospel music and it just makes it about some drunk guy.
1: You're so right. And you are write about gospel music because there was this song that I loved. I want to say it was this pen, Switchfoot, maybe. I can't remember. And there was this song I was listening to and I loved it. It was like When I Look at the Star or something like that. And then I found out they were a Christian rock band and it, and it ruined it for me. You know, like I yeah. just, I didn't know. And I'm like, oh, I love this song. And then, yeah, it ruined it because I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not here for the religious part of it but yeah you're right and then you know it's a gospel song. we're not gospel guys but he finds a way to make it satisfying for everybody and that's his strong point in everything and that's why you can take a little song and it's quite fun you know a a song that's not a normal billy joel song on an album and yet we still enjoy even the bad ones which i don't consider this bad i've got something for you though which is completely fascinating i've told you um this is this is going to be the best show ever In the sense of the its high point of hilarity. I found that when I heard the way the melody went, okay, this is my warped television mind. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna play it for now. Normally we don't play, you know, any music while we're on because you know, rights and all that kind of stuff. So we take a pause if we have to take it out or something, but but this one I'm gonna play for you now. This is Ain't No Crime and the one piano part. right? Yeah. Okay. Now this is the theme from Maud. <laughs> Did you hear it? The intro? <laughs> Am I wrong? You're right. It is the same thing. I'm going to play it again. And I'm going to play his again. I'm not sure who ripped off who here, but uh, now here, now this is definitely just ripped off. This is a theme to Blossom. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Am I off base on this? I'm not.
0: You're totally right. And when you played the mod theme, I I don't really know mod. So I I was like, I I thought I've heard that before also. And I couldn't picture it where, and then you play Blossom. And that's where I know that
1: thing from. I was going to say, I was going to open it saying like, okay, there's one you're going to know. And then there's one you're too young to know. But the (laughs) fact that when I heard this song and Billy Joel, I'm like, geez, that sounds so familiar. Did he rip off the Maud theme? But it's the other way around. I think it's a I think Maud ripped off him. No,
0: I think I think he ripped off Maud. Maud started in September 1972. Oh, and the Piano Man album was recorded September
1: 1973. Oh, well, we have a controversy here. Well, now, you know what? So if they're going to tell us we have to stop playing music because there's a copyright issue, we'll say, well, hold on a second. I think the estate of B. Arthur is going to be interested to know about this kind of thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're going to call it Norman Lear and say, hey, Norman, give us the rights to use the mod theme.
1: (laughs) The Blossom one was clearly ripped off. Uh, by uh, either Maud or like the people that are making blossom like why don't we rip off the Maud theme nobody will remember except this kid dave Jusco, so there's nothing funnier than billy joel coming up and ripping off the Maud. <laughs> our hero <laughs> he's at home he's at home listening he goes that sounds pretty good let's do that but i gotta say you know it's funny again going back to the regular stuff when uh, at this I can remember being at a bar and hearing this song, not knowing what it was, not knowing what album it was from. I'm like, this must be a very early Billy Joel song. And when he's and when it says, you got to open your eyes in the morning, nine o'clock's coming, you know, when that song comes, I'm like, what song is this? I was always amazed. I'm like, it really does sound like a Broadway song, like I, like from Godspell. We were talking about gospel and like Godspell or something. I I had I hadn't heard it and I really just enjoyed it so much, just going back to it again.
0: You know, now you're making me think that it does sound like a TV theme song the whole way through. Like you can imagine, you know, there's that opening thing. And then it's like, you got to open your eyes in the morning. And it's, you see like the main character lifting out of bed. And then he slips on some eggs.
1: Absolutely. The opening lyrics, you got to open your eyes in the morning. Nine o'clock's coming without anyone. You got to get ready to go. That could be the opening lyrics to give me a break or anything. You're right. It just sounds like a seventies, eighties sitcom opening for sure. And we have ruined this song for anyone who is now going to listen to it afterwards. You're welcome, everybody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you should still listen to it. It really is a fun, good song. And, um, you know, the whole thing is really a mystery, actually, because it used to be a song he would play a lot in concert in the 70s. From 1979 until 2008, he played it once and then didn't play it again. It's been played once live in the last 40 years. But I don't think he played
1: it a lot live. I think he only played it like maybe when that album came out a lot and then Like you said, 1979, he only played it like once. Like he he doesn't seem to like it.
0: Well, according to Setlist FM, it it was played 22 times, I think, which isn't a lot, um, from Setlist that they have information on. So most of his 70 shows are incomplete or missing. But what's interesting is when you look at the shows that he did play it on, this was either the encore or the final song he would play. So he had to like the song. He was using it as his getting off stage song. Oh, wow. Usually you end on a high note, a song that people like, and it is a fun song, but something happened at some point where he just took it completely out of his set list forever.
1: It's weird because did you uh, You must have seen that live performance on the old Gray Whistle Test from 1978. Yeah. And it is so rousing and entertaining. I don't know why you wouldn't play a concert. I mean, I know he's got, you know, a countless number of songs he could play instead of this, but if I was at a Billy Joel concert now, I... I would have no problems with this being the encore. I think it's it's a great song and but maybe maybe it's he's maybe it's too much piano for him. maybe it's too much at this age or something. It's a lot of work you know between yeah. this and angry young man, he's gonna be exhausted if he does just both of these
0: you, you hit on something that Billy has so many other songs that that's probably why this song got pulled out of the set list because if you think about it, around this time when this stopped being played live in the late seventies. He had a lot of other newer songs that were in the same vein of being energetic songs about being kind of angry or being drunk or pissing off your girlfriend or your wife. And those songs were just better and newer. It's like for a comedian, you might have a new joke about the same topic as an older joke you had. And that might have been a great joke, but you're going to be tired of that old joke and you're going to want to play the new one. And this just got pushed to the wayside because of his better later material.
1: Maybe he also feels that this song isn't very timeless as it does sound like a 70s song where something like Allentown or Pressure, uh, you know, uh, older ones sound, you don't know what decade they're from. I mean, we know, but like Pressure and Allentown don't sound like typical 80s songs, you know, if you're, if you're talking about the, a, a genre, and, and a lot of his songs don't sound dated, and this one does, so maybe there's something to that.
0: Yeah, you're right. This song, you hear it and you're like, this is 1970, 70 through 73, something around there. This is what it is.
1: Also, they had mentioned that he was, you know, doing a little imitation of Joe Cocker. And it's funny that they had, he was talking about that him and John Belushi were dueling, dueling Joe Cocker's backstage when he was on SNL. And there's, you know, this that I remember as a kid, this like, I didn't know who Joe Cocker was. I was too young. And then when my friend in high school was doing an imitation of John Belushi doing Joe Cocker. And it was amazing. I always remember it because then when I finally saw it, it was so funny. And he was on his belly rocking back and forth and stuff. And it's just funny when I heard that Billy Joel and John Belushi both were doing this backstage when Billy Joel was on Saturday night live made me really happy. And Billy Joel, just must be the coolest guy to uh, I'm sure, you know, the fact that him and Belushi got along is just kind of makes it the reason why we enjoy doing this podcast. He's obviously a a really cool guy.
0: Those would have been fun guys to hang out with at the after party. After that episode, him and Belushi uh, must've been a big party. And then I'm sure in the morning he woke up at 9am on the floor and his wife was kicking him, telling him to get out the door. Ain't no
1: crime. (laughs) Well done. Good way to bring it home.
0: All right, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Dave, do you have a good trivia stumper for me? I don't have a good one. I, you know,
1: mine are horrible. And I guess it'll probably be easier when we get to better songs (laughs) that are more famous. But so this is a a generic one. When Billy Joel and Elton John were doing their concerts together called the Face to Face Tour, what did they advertise it as in the sense of uh, somebody meets somebody by their... Known music names that we've dubbed them.
0: Oh, okay. I could figure this out. So it was something meets something. Yeah. Okay. So it would be piano man meets rocket man.
1: That's exactly correct. Well done. I even got the order right. Right. No, it's actually rocket man versus meets piano man. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) damn it. (laughs) That's okay. You were figuring it out the right way, right? That piano man. So yeah, it made sense that you would go with that way. But yes, that's, uh, that was the one I went to one of those. At the uh, Meadowlands. It must have been awesome. It was all right. No. <laughs> did they switch off like one song each back and forth? Yes. And it was fun. But it was at, you know, Giant Stadium. It's, it's just too big.
0: Yeah. I'll watch it on YouTube. I'll get a better experience. Okay. So this is, um, it's more of just like trivia, because I don't know how you could ever know the answer to this. Who did the backing vocals on Ain't No Crime? And what else are they known for? So
1: it's 1973. It's not Cheryl Crow.
0: <laughs> Infant was, Cheryl Crow.
1: I think she did stuff in the 80s and 90s. Janet Jackson? That's correct. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, it's
0: it's totally unknowable, but it's funny. The more research I did on this, it, it got really strange. So first off, this gospel choir that you hear is it's like two white women singing. Is that right? Then, yeah. So one of them is this lady, Laura Creamer who is known from the 60s girl group Honey Limited or Honey LTD. I had never heard of. I looked them up on Spotify. They have a cover of Louie Louie, which is actually pretty interesting. So she's just some nobody, whatever. She was in a really unpopular girl group and then sang on this song. And then the other one is this woman, Susan Stewart. She's good. She's good. Big fan. Big (laughs) fan of Susan Stewart. She is more known as a songwriter for Josie and the Pussycats and
1: Scooby-Doo. Now, how the heck was I ever supposed to guess that? You
0: weren't. It was a definite zero. But I thought it was pretty interesting that somehow he picked these two singers who are complete unknowns, not any great like studio background singers, just two random ladies off the street. And one of them is known for Josie and the Pussycats.
1: Some of those Josie and the Pussycats songs are all right, especially the opening theme. She didn't write that. What about? Damn it! The Pussycats in Outer Space was my favorite one. Josie's on a rocket ride the pussycats are by her side (laughs) that's
0: awful apparently the theme song was actually written by hannah and barbara oh
1: well that's the one i remember so this girl sucks
0: (laughs) 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 so so dave i don't know if you know this but weird al yankovic uh, actually did a parody of ain't no crime he did yeah, he did. It was from one of his more recent albums, and it was titled Ain't No Prime. And it's about, you know, when you order something on Amazon, but Prime delivery isn't available, or you click the wrong thing, and you get the regular
1: delivery, and you're just like, ah, oh, this is going to take forever. Oh, yeah, sure, I know it. That's awful. That's the worst when that happens.
0: It's the worst. And I, I guess I could I could sing you the I know you know the chorus, but I could try to sing the chorus.
1: Yeah, I mean, God, you might as well. I guess Sometimes I forget
0: it. Ain't no prime. Next time, look closer at what you buy online. Ain't no prime. You're going to get your package, but it'll take more time. Hey, now.
1: <laughs> well, I can't believe That's I enough. forgot that one. Yeah, I can't believe I just <laughs> I, I forgot it. It's a, that should be in my mind, just like the Maud theme.
0: You know, maybe when you've been hearing this song at, at the bar, it's actually the Weird Al version. It's much more popular. You're probably right. I never even would have thought of that. Good work, Elon. I'm glad the vocal cords held up for that one. Me too. So that is Ain't No Crime. I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. Tune in next time for more Billy Joel A to Z.
1: Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess.
0: An enterprise, and anything but tranquilizer. Right on right on on. Right on.